0: Amen. Hebrews chapter number 12, we'll begin our reading with verse number 22. I'll read through verse 28 before I do that. Let me remind you of Hebrews chapter 12. It begins by saying, let us fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. Powerful, right? That's how it starts. And it ends by saying everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So there's a reason he says in the first few sentences of Hebrews chapter 12, have your focus right. Keep the main thing the main thing. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Can you say amen to that? We'll pick up in verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion. And I'll just stop there and remind you that the difference here is a comparison between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. To the city of the living God You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem You have come to thousands upon thousands Of angels In joyful assembly Oh that all of our assemblies would be joyful You have come to the church Of the firstborn Whose names are written in heaven You have come to God The judge of all To the spirits of the righteous made perfect You have come to Jesus That's powerful The mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Warning from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but I will also shake the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things. So that what cannot be shaken may what? Remain. Say it again. Remain. Remain. Verse 28 Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire verse 26 one version renders it on this wise once and for all I will not only shake the systems of the world but I will shake the unseen powers in the heavenly realm In verse 28, the Message Bible reads it like this. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable what? Kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. Brimming with worship. Deeply reverent before God. Today, I will preach the last Part of the series we have entitled the shake and the subject this morning is things we receive how many of you are ready to receive something today all right maybe i asked the wrong church how many at quest church is ready to receive something today father bless our time together in jesus name we pray everybody give god one more big shout of praise come on Hallelujah. You may be seated. We have discussed so far in this three-part series, number one, things removed. Last week, we preached on things that remain. Our text says in verse 27, the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. I'm going to do a little rehearsal for you, a little reminder for you today, and then I'll bring you current to the message I have for you for this morning. Two weeks ago, we talked about things removed. I recited this to you, and I'm going to do it again for the purpose of uh, impact. Tony Evans said these words, God shakes things up to attack idolatry. And when God places heat on our lives, he's burning things up so that he can restore again. God shakes our physical human reality to get us spiritually back on point. In your life, in my life, in my ministry, in your ministry, when God wants to do something different, he will create a contradictory crisis. When God wants to uproot the ordinary and bring about the extraordinary, he shakes things up. When God has decided that we have become too comfortable, he shakes things up. And I believe that we have been experiencing the shake for about the last year and a half, God Himself has been shaking things up. We talked about four things in reference to when God removes stuff, and we said number one: stop requesting God to allow you to keep what He has decided to remove. Woo! Let that rest. Stop requesting God to allow you to keep what he has decided to remove. Number two, God removes things or people that you refuse to remove yourself. Number three, God only removes what you do not need. He will never remove something that you need. Finally, number four, when God removes something from your life, he only does it because he has something better for your life. If God removes something from your life, he only does it, come on in this building here, because he has something what? Better. I dare you to shout, something better is on the way. And I really believe all this shaking has been happening and all this removal has been transpiring because the best day that the church has ever seen is not behind us. The best day is still in front of us. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. If you believe your future is better than your past, I dare you to give God a crazy... 10 second praise. Something better. Shout it with me. Something better is on the way. Lord have mercy. Thank you Jesus. Now if you don't feel the Holy Ghost right now. You might check yourself. You might not have the Holy Ghost. So we talked about things removed. Then we talked about things that remain. And our text says that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. You can't move the immovable and you can't shake the unshakable. Anything that can be shaken should be removed so that what cannot be shaken shall what? Remain. And Revelation chapter 3 and verse 2 says, wake up. Strengthen what remains. Strengthen what remains. I gave you this quote last week. We are misdirected, disappointed, and obviously distracted when we are focusing more on what has been removed than we are on fortifying that which remains. Stop asking what left, who left. And start asking, what is left? (laughs) Who is left? Hmm. Good God of mercy. We pay so much attention to things that have been removed that oftentimes we neglect the very things that still remain. You mourn so much because things have been removed that you forget to encourage fortify and strengthen things that remain i dare five sanctified people to shout i'm still here, I'm still here. you know what that means if you could have been shaken you would have been shaken if you could have been removed you would have been removed the devil did everything he could to knock you out your destiny but you're still here. The devil did everything he could do to cause you to doubt your promises in God, but you're still here. The devil has done everything he can do to cause you to be discouraged, despondent, and depressed, but you're still here. The devil has done everything he could do to cause disorientation in your life, but you are still here. I dare you throw your head back and shout, I'm still, I'm still here. Still serving God. Still got my praise on. Still worshiping. Still in my word. Still on my knees. Tell your neighbor I'm still here. Now you ought to look at somebody and tell them forgive me for ignoring you. I've been crying over what's been removed instead of strengthening that which has remained so forgive me for not acknowledging you because every time I come in here you got your hands up every time I walk in this building you still praising I've seen things change I've seen things go up and down in your life but you keep on praising and your dedication and diligence has caused me to realize that if I just hang in there then what God has done for you he will also do I gotta stop y'all This is all, this is all review. Share your neighbor, we about to press this metal all the way, this pedal all the way to the metal. Tell your neighbor, it's about to be on right now. Can I tell you the devil is in bad trouble forever messing with Y-O-U. Let's get to it, verse 28. Things removed, things that remain, but verse 28 says, Therefore we are receiving things we receive. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You can shake the government, you can shake the systems of this world but the kingdom cannot be shaken say it with me the kingdom cannot stand on your feet almost like you just in service right here come on straighten your shoulders and say it the kingdom cannot be shaken now give god praise for that right there the kingdom cannot be shaken Whew. Now, the writer, you can be seated. The writer says we are receiving a kingdom. You got to do the study. The word receiving means to take with oneself. It goes on to mean this to receive something that is transmitted. The root word literally means from, near, or beside. So it denotes the idea. That I am near a kingdom that is transmitting things to me, and I am receiving from that kingdom what that kingdom is putting out. So, some of you are saying, Where is the kingdom? We are receiving from a kingdom that is near us. We receive the most from the things that are closest to us. Ooh, preach here, Pastor Rick. We receive the most from the things that are closest to us. Therefore, ask yourself, who's next to me? What is next to me? Who's around me? Who's in my company? Hmm. Who is next to me? Luke chapter 10 verse 9. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near you. Verse 11, he says again, the kingdom of God is where? Near you. Whew. Let me talk to you about the kingdom. Because in my opinion, the kingdom has been misunderstood. Misunderstood for decades and centuries we have preached the kingdom of God like it is the kingdom of heaven he said the kingdom of God is near you he didn't say the kingdom of heaven he said the kingdom of God somehow we have replaced kingdom with heaven almost like We say heaven is near us, or we will get to heaven one day. We use heaven as a mentality of escape. So we say one day we will finally be out of here. It's almost like we're serving Jesus, he's our buddy. He helps us through life, but we're just here in order to get there. And I'm trying to figure out why Jesus said, "I have come to give you and life more abundantly." So there ought to be some kind of change, not in the sweet by and by, but in the right here. And now, so I start studying this escape mentality because in my opinion, many people choose to excuse the church's responsibility for the church's rapture. You're so busy looking for the rapture that you ain't handling your responsibility. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith? on the earth Jesus said occupy till I come it doesn't mean sit around and be mad and bored and offended preach Pastor Rick so I, I thought you know what this is what I call destination addiction and so many people have this thing I call destination addiction Destination addiction is the idea that you will find joy and happiness in your next job, in your next house, in your next relationship. Destination addiction says if I ain't happy in this one, I'll find happiness in the next one. If I ain't happy with her, I'll be happy with the next her. Destination addiction until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else it will never be where you are Uh -uh. the kingdom of God is not over there the kingdom of God is right here y'all not hear me preach to you stop looking for next and start celebrating your now Stop building your expectation. We have preached next, 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 next till we have literally extracted you out of the power of your now. I came by to tell you, stop looking for next and start celebrating your right now. (laughs) Luke 17 verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus said, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. Amen. The kingdom of God cannot be detected by visible signs. You will not be able to say here it is or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already. The kingdom of God is what? Already. Already. Here. The kingdom of God is already among you. Why do we live our lives like we're not already in it? We've had Christians chasing carrots, chasing promises like rabbits chasing carrots. Christians run around with their tongue hanging out, wore out, trying to get something else. And God's saying, why don't you celebrate what I put right among you? I'm going to take you a little deeper theologically. John chapter three, verse three, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So the question is, how do you recognize and experience the kingdom of God? Verse 4 says, they said, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Y'all have used that scripture about heaven he didn't say unless you're born again you shall see heaven he said you will not be able to see the kingdom y'all just missed that right there the word see in, in Greek means you cannot perceive it you cannot discern it you cannot even discover it until you've been born again you are not born again just to get you to the other side You are born again for your eyes to be open for you to enjoy what you have right now. Unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. There ought to be a difference in a born again somebody and somebody that ain't been born again. A born again somebody realizes I've got a kingdom among me. You cannot experience the kingdom until you are born again. Say that again, Pastor Rick. You cannot experience the kingdom until you are born again. Lord have mercy. Look what he said. I'll tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near you but you can't see it until you're born again. Saints, why we act just like the world? Why do we act like we have not seen something else? There ought to be something a little mysterious about you, like you know something everybody else don't know. Why are you repeating everything else the world, saying, acting just like the world is acting? There ought to be something unique, conspicuous, about you, like I know something you don't know. Why? Because I've been what? Born again. You know what I've been praying? I've been praying, God, let the people be born again of the Spirit. So the question is what are we, we receiving from that kingdom? What does the kingdom transmit? That we are to receive. Well, I found it. Romans 14 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, hmm. but righteousness. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? So you cannot even properly experience the kingdom without the Holy Ghost. So for everybody that's been trying to dismiss the Holy Ghost from church agendas, I don't know how you experience the kingdom unless the Holy Ghost is in the building. So the first thing you gotta do is get the Holy Ghost present. Is there any Holy Ghost people in here? So hear what I'm telling you. Not only must you be born again, you must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, John the Baptist said there's one coming after me that shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I've been praying God send the Holy Ghost back to church. I dare you throw your hands up and shout, Holy Ghost, come on in. Holy Ghost, take over. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, pour out in this building. Holy Ghost, move among us. So first of all, the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. So you cannot properly experience the kingdom and exempt the Holy Ghost at the same time. You can't tell the Holy Ghost to leave and the kingdom to come. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What the kingdom of God is, here's what the kingdom transmits. Y'all understand transmission, right? It's sending out signals. The kingdom is three specific Signals, number one, is righteousness. Right standing with God. The condition of being approved and accepted by God. Let me help the holy people. Isaiah said, your righteousness is are as filthy rags the only righteousness that stands in the condition of being right with God is the righteousness he imparts to you the harder you try to be righteous the more religious you become you're not right because you are so perfect you're not righteous because you are that I didn't see nobody coming in and hang their wings over the back of their chair. You ain't no angel, honey. Some of y'all said a cuss word this week and thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to hell now. That's because you're too religious. I better get off that. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where is the kingdom? In the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, a state of tranquility, peace, being exempt from torment, chaos, rage, and war. Come on in this building here. The kingdom of God is righteous, righteousness and peace, tranquility, being exempt from rage, chaos, turmoil and war you can't live in the kingdom you can't be part of the kingdom and act like your your whole life is full of chaotic disturbances hey Christians quit falling apart on your Facebook hey hey Christians For God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. But he is the author of peace. Confusion is instability, disorder. If it's given you the feeling of instability, then it's not being transmitted from the kingdom. It's being transmitted from another source. Your life is always unstable and confused. You tapped into the wrong thing. The kingdom is transmitting peace to everyone that belongs to it. If it does not bring peace, it's not from the kingdom. If it does not bring peace in your life, it's not the kingdom's agenda for your life. So if the relationship is driving you crazy, guess what? The kingdom didn't endorse it. Therefore, you're losing your natural mind over something the kingdom never told you was supposed to be in your life. Let it go. Let it go. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what? Oh, don't make me get on this one yeah. here. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what? Joy. In the Holy Ghost. Joy is gladness in the place of sadness. See, your greatest joy is experienced after your greatest sadness. Weeping may endure for a but don't let that sun come up. Joy comes when? In the morning. You do not really appreciate joy until you've seen the sunrise in your destiny. The cause and occasion of joy is guaranteed in the kingdom. The cause and occasion of joy is guaranteed where? In the kingdom. You know what the most common antonym to joy is? Depression. Talk about it, Pastor Reed. Lord, Lord, Lord. Have you ever, ever in your long-legged life seen so much depression. Babies look tired. I've seen four-year-old children walk in the hall like this. It seemed like, I'm talking about people's dogs don't even wag their tail right no more. Even the dog got hang jaws. depression is a lowering it's a state of feeling sad or dejection i firmly believe there is a joy deficit not only in the atmosphere of our nation but in the state of the church there's a joy deficit in the feeling of families I thank God for my brother y'all know Uncle Randy you ain't never met nobody more happy than Uncle Randy (laughs) am I right Josh Randy gonna be happy he gonna be happy all the time I looked at him the other day and said my brother can you just be sad for just a minute you know he did told me a joke I can't tell you that joke but it was funny Now here's what I learned scripturally about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That Jesus is not a tickler of your fancy. Okay, now get get with me right here. We kind of look at Jesus like like a pill. Like if I'm sad, if I just give me a little, little dose of Jesus, it's gonna be all right. Hey, And then you're going to move on till you get sad again. Then you're going to come to church and get your Jesus. Thank you. It's like he's a prescription. Take one Jesus. One time. Every Sunday morning. And it'll be all right. But my Bible tells me in 1 John 1, 4, these things I write to you that your joy may be full. 2 John 1, 12, having many things to write to you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come to you and speak to you face to face. Why? So that your joy may be full. What if we all approached encounters with people with the intention of leaving them full of joy and not full of concern and confusion and mad and angry. Some people, you see them coming and you're like, oh, heck no now. I know they got that syringe and they just gonna plug it into my joy and just suck my joy right out. They gonna leave and I'm gonna be like this. I was smiling before you got here. But I knew when you showed up, you were gonna suck the joy right out of my heart. Jesus said, hitherto, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. Are you starting to get the message? Jesus does not want you to have a momentary experience of gladness. He wants you to live a life full full of joy. I think we need to do a joy check. Start checking your joy. Wake up in the morning and just look at your gauge. Say, all right, you ain't full. You're supposed to be full. Because the word says on three times, let everything be established. About the three times you tell us that our joy is supposed to be full if your joy's not full you better start looking at your connections because somewhere somebody or something is extracting joy from your life David saw it as so important that he said restore to me the joy of my salvation Nehemiah said it like this the joy of the Lord is your strength Meaning if you lose joy, you lose strength. Folks, I came by to tell you, I'm not telling you Christians ought to be the most giddy, fake people in the world. We ought to have a genuine, eternal joy that we don't lose our joy like everybody else in this world loses their joy. If I got a sanctified church, would somebody thank God for a a joy that is fool. Matter of fact, start checking people's joy. When they walk up to you, just say, hold on man. I need to check your joy level. One thing for sure, when it comes to joy, you know when it's there and you know when it's gone. You know when it's there and you know when it's gone. I'll finish this message. I sure have in joy. <laughs> Therefore, since we are what receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship. Message Bible do you see what we've got? Ask your neighbor that question. You ain't asking them. Y'all don't, wanna, y'all don't wanna participate. Ask your other neighbor. Do you see? Now look. Come on, y'all. Y'all look look here. Look up here, Pastor Brick. Y'all look up here, me. Don't, don't, don't go. Do you see what we've got? No, my mama. My mama had these face signals when her left eyebrow went up. That's when she finna say something you better hear. Now I need you to lift your left eyebrow in the building. Look at somebody next to you really though and tell them with sincerity. Do you realize? Y'all ain't saying it like you. Do you realize? You're starting to get it out. One more time. Do you realize what we've got? It's almost like he's saying compare it to something else. Put something else up next to it. Do you realize what we've got? We've got a kingdom that is unshakable. Say it again. Do you realize what we've got? We've got a kingdom that is unshakable. Now watch this here. The reason you are still around is because there are things you are still to receive. Oh, y'all missed that right there. The only reason you still here is you ain't got it all. Somebody shout, I got more stuff on the way. More relationships, more resources, more revelation. I got more chapters, I got more books in my future. Somebody ought to shout, you ain't done yet. You still here and there's more for you to receive. I'm going to say it again. The only reason you are still alive is because you have more to receive. Put a smile on your face big enough to eat a banana sideways and shout, I have more to receive. Because the kingdom just keeps on giving. If you are to receive what this kingdom has for you, you must be thankful and worship. That's what he says in the text. You are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Therefore, be thankful and worship. See, the Greek word for receiving is very close to the word accept. Can I tell you I can accept you and not receive you? kinds of people in this room those who have accepted that I'm up here preaching then there are those who are receiving what I'm preaching Jesus didn't go to places that accepted him because you can accept a lot of stuff he went to places that received he said matter of fact they don't receive you shake the dust off your feet Because somebody waiting to receive you. See, if some of y'all would quit wasting your time trying to convince people who've only accepted you to receive you, you would be a lot less frustrated and they would be too. That's like tolerating you. I know you here. Some of y'all are doing that with other people in the church today. You saw them, I know you here. I can accept the fact that you are in the building but you ain't, I ain't receiving you. You ain't going to lunch with me. Well, yeah, I better leave this alone. So he never said for you to accept the kingdom. That's not what he said. He didn't say we are accepting a kingdom. He said we are receiving the kingdom. Now, if you're receiving it, then that requires proper reaction and response. Because Jesus said the kingdom doesn't come by observation. That's accepting it. That's recognizing it and seeing it. The kingdom doesn't come by observation. The kingdom comes by participation. The kingdom of God is forcefully advanced and the forceful, the aggressive take hold of it. Are y'all, they take it by force. Are y'all with me right now? We're not here to accept the kingdom. We are here to receive the kingdom. Now let me just say this to you. You cannot purposely reproduce what you have not properly received. You cannot purposely reproduce what you have not properly received. It's hard for you to demonstrate the kingdom when the kingdom ain't in you. It's hard for you to demonstrate righteousness and love and joy and peace to other people when you got that devil living in you. <laughs> you know what they mean? Get off of it, Pastor Rick. I learned this. River thinks that's funny right there. When you hear River say, ha ha. My boy receiving from his dead today. All right, now watch this. To have proper reception requires good signal. If there's one thing I cannot stand, is to call my children and they not answer. Crystal. Number two, I can't stand to call my staff and they don't answer. Then when I finally get in touch with them, I hate these words. I missed your call. I'm like, Really? <laughs> really? And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, how many times has God. And you had to say, I missed the car. Here's another thing. Let's take Dustin. That's my son. He lives in San Antonio. For you all that do not know that, he pastors one of the churches that are under my covering. Praise the Lord. That means if I call you, it could be just to tell you, what's up, son? Did you watch the fight last night? Or it could be, I need to talk to you about something in the church. Either case, answer the phone. And Dustin lives in an area where he knows if I call, he's got to get in a certain spot. That means he has to leave the living room, go in the backyard and stand under the oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an uncomfortable maneuver. Because he's watching a football game. But daddy's calling. Am I going to sit on the couch, answer the phone and... go <laughs> Dad... Here, sir. So I tell him, son, when you see your daddy's name, because I know what it says on your phone, daddy. Say, daddy. When you see daddy. Get up. Run to the old tree. Hello. We always get bad reception when we're not in the right place. It's hard for you to receive the kingdom when you're not in the right place. The kingdom can be throwing out joy. Peace, righteousness, revelation, everything you need. And you're going, I'm not receiving anything. Like something's wrong with the transmitter. No, no, honey. See, God ain't moved and his word ain't moved. If you ain't receiving, you moved. You not in the right place we are receiving a kingdom the kingdom is unshakable it has not moved so if you're not receiving it's not a kingdom problem it's a you problem I dare you to look at three people and tell them get in the right place what does that mean? get in right standing with God get your life right with God get your right life right with people get in the right spot quit acting like you're confused and disoriented and things are crazy Check your heart. Settle yourself down. Get in your spot and hear the transmission that the kingdom is sending out. Some of you have lost so much joy in your life. There's so much peace that has disappeared, dissipated from your life. It's not a kingdom problem. What I love about everything I preach today is this, Jesus said we are receiving a kingdom. He didn't say a church. Here's where people get messed up. They expect so much from the church. Let me help you, you little pitiful thing, you. Guess what the church is? The church is an imperfect institution that cannot die, it cannot fail, and it cannot lose. Full of imperfect people. If you're receiving from the church more than you're receiving from the kingdom, you've got your priorities out of order because the church people are going to hurt you every time. You are in the wrong place. If you would become more kingdom minded than you are, church is supposed to satisfy me. Church is supposed to meet my need. Church is supposed to make me feel good. The pastor is supposed to shake my hand. The pastor is supposed to be at my house when I'm sick. You got COVID. And I ain't got that much faith. Boy, that was too real for y'all. The first one was like, what, and then whack. You expect everything from an imperfect people to make you happy. You're receiving your joy from the wrong place. You're receiving your peace from the wrong place. You're receiving your righteousness from the wrong place. Get your heart where it's supposed to be and you'll get all the joy you want. You'll get all the peace you want. You'll enjoy all the righteousness you want. I'm done. Do you love Jesus Christ with all your heart? He's the king of the kingdom. And he said, I am the same yesterday, today,